Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Wallentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the moon landing. So grab your lunar module. And let's get civical. back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Wallentowski. Hey, we did that at the top. We didn't get through a whole conversation without saying who we and were. And we did it. We did it. And we did it. And and you know what? When you score a perfect 10, you end the episode. That's so thank it. you so much thank for you so joining much. us. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, it will only get worse from here. No, we did. We're, you know, here's the thing. You win some, you lose some. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I believe JFK said that. So that's what we just have to remember. <laughs> We're not always going to get it. Exactly. We're not always going to get exactly. it right. We're yeah. not always going to nail it. So congratulations to us for nailing the intro, mm-hmm. which was three seconds long. Mm-hmm. It's literally the easiest thing in the world. And um, I mean, like, kudos, kudos to you. To kudos to you. You carried that weight for the both no, of us. Kudos to you. I mean, I couldn't do this without you. I couldn't introduce this show without you. Know, you know, sometimes the best thing for me to do is just stay silent and let you carry the load. <laughs> You know, and that's so interesting. I feel like sometimes our listeners are like, Lizzie should just listen to the facts. <laughs> just, she should, we beg of her to stop reading. We beg of her to stop trying to read the words that she can't pronounce. Um, but that's part of the fun. That's part it's of so what part we of the bring fun. to the table. I love that. You know. Yeah, it's like, will will I be able to get through an episode knowing all the words that are on the page? Definitely a question. Will Arden be able to Every get episode. through an episode where she says, where she doesn't say Oregon? Well, yeah, sure. And instead, always, always dicey. Always dicey. Always dicey. You know, you got to keep people on your toes. Is it Oregon? Or on their toes? Oregon? Oregon. You know. Oregon. You know, for everybody, it's Oregon. For Arden, it's Oregon. And here we are. And I sincerely but apologize. You know, What's great about our episode today is there is no chance. No. I say this and I'm going to regret it, but there's no chance that Oregon could have really anything to do with this topic other she... than it being located on Earth. Right. In Earth. On Earth or in Earth? On Earth. Not in it. Because it's on the surface. Sure. That makes sense. In would be like the mantle and the core and all that crap. I guess, but then, like, are we not counting 
the atmosphere. Sure. Although that's not on Earth. I feel like that's around is, Earth and created by Earth, the magnetic field. But that is part of Earth. It is, but I don't think it's on Earth. But then, like, the air that we're breathing right now. Yeah. That's not, like, in the stratosphere. Is that on So Earth is the thing? air we're breathing now on Earth? It's, like, above Earth? You're thinking on as... Earth. You see, you're thinking as Earth is only... I'm thinking of it as, as like, like, the surface. Solid. Yes. Yeah. But what I'm questioning and why we're astronauts is... <laughs> is... Is not the atmosphere and the gaseous elements of Earth also Earth? So it's like in that's the in between. Good, that's such a good question. Then is land in Earth because Earth is also comprised like the first layer of Earth right. is gas. Right. Then the second layer of Earth is sort of land and water, and then underneath that, the third layer is liquid hot magma. I feel like this is a question that must. This is like a Neil deGrasse Tyson level question. But let's the problem. Let's get Neil on the phone. Let's get Neil on the phone. But the problem with asking Neil deGrasse Tyson this question is that it will be a twenty-minute long dissertation, which I will thoroughly yeah. enjoy. But then at the end, he will have been like, "It doesn't really matter. Call it what you want." Right. <laughs> and I mean, and I have to respect it because mm-hmm. at the end of the day. We're all insignificant. Uh And that's the crazy thing about space. Yes. And this is why I love talking about space, because inevitably, whether it's, you know, what is the correct preposition or should we be doing X, Y, and Z, whatever. Mm -hmm. I love talking about space because it always, I feel like always goes philosophical. Yeah. And like makes you like... It makes me think, and I love those kinds of conversations. So, like, that, I love talking about space. Me too. I mean, you and I are obviously astronauts in training. 100%. And share a deep love of space. Mm -hmm. So, this episode, it's kind of like one of our first forays into space. I know. We haven't really talked Um, about space. I know, because we, we've been, like, waiting for, you know, the right moments to, yep. to tackle it, because it means so much to both of us yes. when we talk about space. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we had to do this one because the anniversary of this event, it was on the 20th of July, so it just passed us, and also there's, like, a lot of space races happening right mm, now. So good. But today we're going to talk about the infamous, the iconic moon landing i mean one small step you know what i mean i know what you mean do you think he like had some lines written down i don't know i couldn't find anything that talked about that it, although it was like how he chose to say to say that like how he, did he rehearse like, was a bad dress good show you know like how, right like did he prepare his oscar speech in the event that yeah. he did get to land on the moon or was that going to jinx it and so you don't prepare your oscar speech and then you get yeah. up there and cry and thank your agent and your mom yeah i do have a Fun fact that I'm not going to say yet, just in case you included it in the notes, but remind me. Okay. I don't remember where I saw this. It was probably something like a BuzzFeed article, but remind me that I have a fun fact that I didn't tell you about, so it could may or may not be in the notes. Okay, great. But it's crazy. Okay, great. 
So before we really jump into the moon landing, the moon landing, do you want to talk about today's sources? I see a lot of new friends and I'm so excited. So there's three, three sources. One of them is (laughs) uh, National Geographic Kids, (laughs) because you know what? They make it really succinct. Succinct, simple, easy to digest as though like adults don't need this too. Right. But, like, they don't, you know, it just, they give you, like, a really good level of detail versus, like, technical jargon. You know, like, it's well-balanced. It's well-balanced. Yeah. And this particular Nat Geo article was adapted from a book called Ladders Earth Science, Exploring Above and Beyond by Stephanie Harvey and from Space Encyclopedia, A Tour of Our Solar System and Beyond by David A. Aguilar and Patricia Daniels. So Matt Geo took those two sources, those two books, I think, and kind of condensed their information down into the one of the resources that we used. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Anytime there's a Nat Geo for kids, I'm like, this is this is already going to be amazing. This is already it's not juvenile it. when it's easy to understand. Yes. Yes. History.com, but obviously. Obviously. And, of course, NASA. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am always starstruck by NASA. It's the craziest, craziest little entity that exists on this earth. I love it. I, I just, love that I, she's I, involved. I want to tour NASA. Like, can you tour NASA? Do you get to see You can the absolutely cool stuff? tour NASA. So, <gasps> wait, do you not know this fun fact about moi? I feel like I've told you this, but maybe what? not. When I was a Girl Scout <gasps> back in the day, because I grew up in Houston, so obviously. I was a Girl Scout? access, yep, yeah. to NASA. And we, the Girl Scouts did this thing where you got to go and spend the night at NASA. (gasps) So I slept on the floor of NASA as a Girl Scout. Budge out of here. One of their exit, you know, obviously I'm not in like the control room being like, beep, boop, 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 what are people doing? We're the astronauts. Hello, International Space Station. (laughs) Uh, But like, yeah, we spent the night at NASA. Oh my God, that's so amazing. Yeah. We did a similarly cool thing. So Toledo has uh, like a an airport, but it's not, you know, it's like a regional airport. It's not huge. Yeah. And so we, my mom arranged for the troop to go and go to the, like the, the tower where they watch all the planes. Like, what's that called? Oh my God. What's that called? There's like a. The mich- air control? Yeah. Air- mission control? <laughs> mission, mission control. Not mission control. Mission control. Make sure all the planes get down to the ground. Make sure. Um, uh, yeah. Flight. Air, something control. Air, I don't air, know. Flight, flight. Flight control. Flight control. Air. The air. The tower. Air. air we all tower. know the tall tower. The tall tower. And it's where. Oh, my goodness. This is so horrible. Like, I can't believe I can't remember the name of this thing. I'm going to, like, stop recording and be like, oh, my God, it's this. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, so we she made arrangements for us to go up and, like, be in the tower where, like, these people who watch all the planes, like, watch them come in and they track them in the air. And it was super cool. Yeah. And like, we had, like, a whole – they told us all about, the, like, the weather stuff that they watch. And I was fascinated. Sure. Oh, was so good. I think I would have a meltdown in that tower. I think <laughs> – like, okay, I think okay, I think I would have okay. at this age. I think it's too late for me to go to the tower because if I was in the tower, I'd be like, "Who's doing what? And who do you think you are to tell this person <laughs> to land the plane? Like, who are you?" That's because you have the worst luck with flights. I know, and I don't trust anybody. Mm. It's a bad combination. <laughs> it's a bad combo. Oh my god! 
Oh my god. All right. That's yeah. Okay. So I'm glad we both had good Girl Scout experiences that had something to do with flying and being flying. not on the ground. Exactly right. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just jump into it. I'm so excited to talk about the moon landing. So we're obviously going to talk about the basics and then we're going to get into like, you know, the nitty gritties. So these first couple of notes are coming, obviously, from herstory.com. So on July 20th, 1969, American astronauts Neil Armstrong and Edwin Buzz Aldrin became the first humans ever to land on the moon. Uh, Buzz, still living. Buzz is still living. Neil Armstrong is no longer with us. About six and a half hours later, Armstrong became the first person to walk on the moon. As he took his first step, Armstrong famously said, quote, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Yeah. Again, I just feel like he had to have like a couple, like a like, maybe he condensed it down to three and he was just like, I'm just going to see what comes out in the moment. Right. And that's what we're going to go with. Yeah. You know, it's like when you don't know what to order at a restaurant. Exactly. You're between two options and you're like, whenever the waiter comes here, I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. Yeah, exactly. We don't know what it's going to be, yeah. but I'm going to pick a line and we're going to say it and it's going to be famous. And that's what I'm going to be that. Yeah. You know. The Apollo 11 mission occurred eight years after President John F. Kennedy announced a national goal of landing a man on the moon by the end of the 1960s. And boy, oh boy, did we come in right under the radar. Real close. It was real close. Yeah. I mean, July of 1969, that is cutting it close, close. gentlemen. We've only got another... Six months? Six months, yeah. Five months? Five you months. do the math. I won't, but it's close. End of July, that is five months. They cut it close, but you know what? We did it. We got it in, and we were we were the first. We beat the Russians. We sure did. We beat the Russians. Speaking of the Russians, <laughs> want to talk about the space race? <laughs> uh-huh. Speaking of the Russians. In 1957, the first artificial satellite known as Sputnik 1 was launched into space by the USSR, also known as the Soviets. The United States launched several satellites of their own afterwards. Both countries hope to be the first to send a human into space. So, like, America loves yeah. nothing more than a competition. We love a race. Love we a race. love a race. It's the only time we get anything done. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, people really freaked out when the Soviets yeah. sent a satellite up. They were like, and now we're going to die. Mm-hmm. They've put something in the air, and everybody duck and cover. And everybody dug they're bunkers. Coming. Get bunkers. This the Sputnik is 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 orbiting. Yep. No good. No good. Mm-hmm. So then it wasn't until 1961 that a person went into space. On April 12th, Russia's Yuri Gagarin became the first human in space. Less than a month later, the United States astronaut Alan Shepard became the first American into space. Okay, so we're catching up within you know we're catching up we're catching up i do feel bad i mean i don't feel bad but like it does suck for the soviets because they got sputnik up first yeah they got the first person up first yeah and then they they fumbled the moon and then they blew it they fumbled the moon they really could have gotten there i don't know what happened but i bet somebody was mad oh yeah Following these milestones, President John F. Kennedy, like Lizzie said at the top, issued a challenge to the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, otherwise known as NASA, to NASA. put a human on the moon in 10 years or less. 
He made an appeal to a joint, a special joint session of Congress on May 25th, 1961, saying, quote, I believe this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to Earth. I love that. I love that he's like land, but then come back. <laughs> and then and but also and, you know, because you have to specify. Yeah. I'm not just saying get him there, but we got to get him back. back. All right. That's, it's not a success if we keep people stranded on no. the moon. As Ed Harris would say, we've never lost an American in space and we're sure as hell not going to lose one on my watch. Failure is exactly. not an option. Hell yeah. Thank you. Correct. Correct. I just I just think it's amazing. I mean, this is exactly what like a president should do, but it, it is it is a lot to look at to just be like, hey. I challenge you to get a man on the moon. And like these NASA scientists who are probably underfunded. Yeah. And like, you know, working on like, oh, what are the black holes doing? Like just other kind of things that are probably necessary are like, oh, okay, let me just let me just land somebody on the moon as though that's easy. Like as though we don't want to land somebody on the moon, you know? They were still like, I wonder what happens if you land there. Like, there's no air, but, like, do you just explode? Yeah, they're do like, what is the Do you shrivel and die? Like, what, what does right. it do to you? Mind you, these people are doing equations with pencil. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes. Do you know what I mean? They're like, oh, okay, JFK, we'll just land somebody on the moon using a sheet of paper and a pencil. And uh, one of those slide ruler things. Crazy. At the time, the United States was still trailing the Soviet Union in space developments, and Cold War-era America welcomed Kennedy's bold proposal. America was like, yes, we're like, oh, God, the Russians, we got to beat the Russians in something. We've got to beat the Russians. That's going to solve all of our problems, is if we just get to the moon. If we just get to the moon, the ego boost will be the best thing we've ever experienced. In 1966, after five years of work by an international team of scientists and engineers, NASA conducted the first unmanned Apollo mission testing the structural integrity of the proposed launch vehicle and spacecraft combination. Sure. You really can't. You okay. really can't try this out with people. No, no, no. Because <laughs> all be spaceships like, like to do is blow up. Blow up. You can't be like, uh, uh, Edwin, come here. Just get in this thing and we're just going to see if you come home. And just, yeah, we're just going to do up and down. Up and oh, my God. You couldn't. Oh, my God. Just imagine it like a really rough elevator ride. Yeah. <laughs> then on January 27th, 1967, tragedy struck at Kennedy Space Center in Cape Canaveral, Florida, when a fire broke out during a manned launch pad test of the Apollo spacecraft oh. and Saturn rocket. Three astronauts were killed in the fire. So this is the hatch. It's so they dangerous. couldn't get the hatch open. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Horrible, horrible. So, so And it was a test. It wasn't even like a, it wasn't a launch. It was just a test. I mean, could you imagine being like, we can't even test our spacecraft. We can't even test. What are we doing? We can't even test. So despite the setback, the fire uh, from the the test pad where the astronauts couldn't get out of the the capsule, NASA and its thousands of employees forged ahead in an October of 1968, Apollo 7, the first manned Apollo mission, orbited Earth and successfully tested many of the sophisticated systems needed to conduct a moon journey and landing. Great. We're testing. We're seeing what works. We're seeing, you know, we're taking notes about how it all functions. Great. In December of the same year, Apollo 8 took three astronauts to the far side of the moon and back, and in March 1969, Apollo 9 tested the lunar module for the first time while in Earth orbit. 
Okay, baby we're steps. We're testing. We're setting. We're like we're like inching our way closer. Yes, yes, which yes. is correct. Which is correct. That May, the three astronauts of Apollo 10 took the first complete Apollo spacecraft around the moon in a dry run for the scheduled July landing mission. Dress Great. rehearsal. Yeah, dress rehearsal. Dress rehearsal. Dress rehearsal. I didn't realize that those same three guys, like, did a... It was the same three that, that did it was the dress? The same I mean, it makes that, sense. It makes total sense. It makes total yeah, sense. Yeah, because they got to know how to, like, slingshot around the moon, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't want to do that for the first time when you're, like, also possibly could land on the... Like, could, like, skip off the moon and trying to land on it. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense. Yeah. And then on July 16th, 1969, the spacecraft Apollo 11 prepared to launch a crew of three astronauts into space. Here we go. 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 We're going into space. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. 
So let's talk about landing on the literal moon, honey. So at 9.32 a.m. Eastern Time on July 16th, with the world watching, Apollo 11 took off from Kennedy Space Center with astronauts Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins aboard. Armstrong, a 38-year-old civilian research pilot, was the commander of the mission. Okay, let's pause. I didn't realize that he was a civilian. Also, he's yeah. three years older than I am now, which just seems insane. I mean... I am that old. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's when you go to space, uh, age isn't uh, the same anymore. That's true. So, but I'm I'm curious, and I've always been curious, and I'm this isn't the the episode to dive super deep into this because I think it's just a rabbit hole, but it's like, how, how did they choose Neil Armstrong? What was the criteria that NASA was looking at? Eight, not, I mean, not only to choose like the three people, but also how did they decide, okay, Armstrong's going to be, going to be the commander. Like, had he gone to space before? Well, I, I mean, like, I don't under, I guess I don't understand the civilian because he's a research pilot, so he has obviously sure. a pilot license, but maybe he didn't serve, and that's why he's... I mean, like, that's such a... That is interesting to me. Like, how do you find that person? Right, exactly. I don't know, but it is... You know, maybe one day we do a biopic solely on Neil Armstrong. <gasps> we should do that. I think I think that would be fun. That'd and be really fun. And just kind of, like, learn a little bit more about his journey. I mean, same with, like, Buzz Aldrin. Like, yeah. poor Buzz... Like, always gets tossed to the side, but was fully there was full, and, like, yes. the second person on the moon. And then sweet, sweet Michael Collins just absolutely lost to history. And I'm sure at the time, like, it was like, here's the trio of the astronauts. But her history has very much, like, I don't know, not given them as much of a hoopla as Neil Armstrong. And I'm like, I'm pretty certain that had something happened to either one of Buzz or Michael, this could have been disastrous. hundred percent. You know, like they needed to do a very, all three of them had to do a very specific job, I'm sure, to safely get there and also safely come back. Yeah. So just want to give space to Buzz and Michael. That's all. Back to the notes. So after traveling 240,000 miles in 76 hours, Apollo 11 entered into a lunar orbit on July 19th. The next day at 1.46 p.m., the lunar module Eagle, manned by Armstrong and Aldrin, separated from the command module where Collins remained. So that's what I didn't know or remember. Yes. That they actually separated. Yeah. Two hours later, the Eagle, carrying Armstrong and Aldrin, began its descent to the lunar surface, and at 4.17 p.m., the craft touched down on the southwestern edge of the Sea of Tranquility. Okay, Moon. Armstrong immediately radioed to Mission Control in Houston, Texas, a now-famous message. The Eagle has landed. Ah! One-two punch! Armstrong did not one but two iconic lines. That's hard to do. I think that's also part of the problem with, you know, poor Collins and Aldrin. They didn't get any of the famous lines. They didn't get the radio moment. No, they didn't get the radio. What is Collins supposed to say? I'm still here. I'm still orbiting. 
I'm over here. Hello. I'll be, I'm slingshotting around the moon. BRB. Just bring me a moon rock. Just bring me yeah. a moon rock. Don't forget yeah. me. <laughs> what is he supposed oh, to man. say? I know. Oh, man. Yeah. And also, like, just to remind folks who may not know, so there's two NASA places, right? So the space shuttles take off from Kennedy Space Center yeah. in Cape Canaveral in Florida. But the, like, people who are talking to the astronauts and, quote-unquote, mission control, those headquarters are in Houston, Texas. So there's two two home bases for NASA, or two main home bases for NASA that, like, work together to create, to do space stuff. Yeah. So just, stuff. just a little fun fact for people who don't know that, like, there's two places. There's two places. Okay, so next... The eagle had made a risky landing in a shallow moon crater. Most people watching the landing on TV didn't know that the eagle had only 20 seconds of land fuel left at this point. I didn't realize that there's different types of fuel. So they were running low on yeah. landing fuel. So it wasn't like, I don't I don't know if it's like different types of fuel or if they had allocated like a certain amount of fuel to do certain yeah, things. Yeah, maybe it has and to like, like be in different chambers based on like yeah. weight distribution. What? Here's the thing. All of these calculations are done to like a very specific degree with pencil. <laughs> with pencil. So, yeah. If they, if they only had 20 seconds of landing fuel, I'm going to trust that that was the only fuel that they had. Right. That's the thing that stresses me out about space. At 10.39 p.m., five hours ahead of the original schedule, Armstrong stepped out first as the mission commander and opened the hatch of the lunar module. As he made his way down the module's ladder, a television camera attached to the craft recorded his progress and beamed the signal back to Earth, where hundreds of millions watched in great anticipation. So here's my thing. We can figure out how to put a camera on a lunar module that broadcasts a lunar landing Mm -hmm. back to Earth through space. But we can't get the Q train to stay on a consistent schedule. None of this makes sense to me. No, none of this makes sense. Particularly since the the camera on the lunar capsule that is sending this back through space to Earth for everybody to watch was happening in 1969, and it's 1929, and the Q train doesn't run. Can't get it. Can't no. get it from point A to point B. No. Just saying. I think that's crazy. At 10.56 p.m., as Armstrong stepped off the ladder and planted his foot on the moon's powdery surface... He spoke his famous quote, which he later contended was slightly garbled by his microphone and was meant to be, quote, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I think what he, he's like, I think maybe at first people were confused about what he said, because when he said yeah. mankind, it was like, man, as opposed sure. to like, mankind. Mankind. Yeah, I think he was like, I think in his helmet, it was like. That is what, like, it was. He was on voice. Yes, he, he was, was prepared. Like, very, he was on very stage. centered. Yes. And then when he saw the footage, he was like, "Oh my god, this is this is a catastrophe. This is a catastrophe. This is not the yeah. line was this. Sorry, the line actually was this. Twenty minutes later, Aldrin climbed down the ladder and joined his partner. After reading a plaque 
that said they, quote, came in peace for all mankind, end quote, the two planted the United States flag on the surface. President Richard Nixon called to congratulate the astronauts. Sure. So this is, um, this is what I want my, I'm going to interject my fun fact that I have. Great. That I didn't tell you about, which is Nixon, uh, like eventually like addressed the nation about like, you know, the, uh, we just had this amazing success and blah, 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 blah. But he had a fully prepared speech for if something happened and oh. they had to leave Armstrong and Aldrin stranded on the moon <gasps> to die. Holy shit. And it, it's like it's a it was a fully written out speech. And he Damn. literally had both speeches prepared to give because <sighs> it was like that's how uncertain it was if this was going to like actually work, work out for these. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's I know. So imagine having to like, because obviously he didn't draft up the speech. Right. But imagine being that speech writer who has to come up with the draft of like, what do you say to a nation right. who fully has just watched two men become Be like stranded on the moon to die, to, to literally yeah. die? Yeah. There is there is no like there is no rescue. Um, crazy. That's crazy. nuts. That's crazy. I love that fun fact. Yep. <laughs> it's a little morbid fact. <laughs> Armstrong and Aldrin went back to work collecting samples of moon rocks and dust. After over two hours, the astronauts brought 47 pounds back into the lunar module and prepared to rejoin Collins because it was time to go home. Two hours. Two hours on the moon. Can you imagine, like, what they were thinking about? You know, like, I just, I can't imagine... First of all, being on the moon, I can't imagine that. And then secondly, knowing that you are the first person yeah. in all of history to, to be on the moon. Yeah. And you're just like, and you have two hours to kind of just like float about. And like, obviously you're doing work, but like, I would, you're on the I would fucking have like, moon. I mean, like, I would have just like, you know, would have jumped around and then like just looked yeah. out into the universe and been like, uh, you know, like, what could I see? Yeah, and then I don't know. Like, I mean, it would have been like you know an hour, fifteen minutes, and Buzz would have had to be like, Neil, come on, like we got to do some Jesus Christ, we got to like we we got more dust. Get some rocks. We have to go. Take a bag. Put some dust in it. Come on. Yeah. By one eleven a.m. on July twenty first, both astronauts were back in the lunar module, and the hatch was closed. The two men slept that night on the surface of the moon. Isn't that crazy? So nuts. That they slept on the moon. The glamping to end all glamping. Hell yeah. And then at 1.54 p.m. the next day, the eagle began its ascent back to the command module. So took off from the moon and snapped back on to Collins, who was just... I would also be... I would be a little stressed if I was Collins. Like, nobody's talking about Collins, who is alone Mm -hmm. in his little spaceship, Mm -hmm. like, hoping nothing goes wrong because it's just him. Right. You know, circling about being like this. I can't. I don't. I don't have the constitution for this kind of stress, obviously. No, no. At 535 p.m., Armstrong and Aldrin successfully docked and rejoined Collins 
And then at 12.56 a.m. on July 22nd, Apollo 11 began its journey home, safely splashing down in the Pacific Ocean at 12.50 p.m. on July 24th. So they were, I mean, in space for from July 16th yeah. to July 24th. Yeah, yeah. It's a long time. It is a long time. I mean, time. like, I know, I know now it's like people go to the International Space Station for months and months and months and months on end. Yeah. But, like, this is 1969. Nobody has ever been to space. Like, this is a long, I don't know. I'd be like, whoo. Every day that you're still in space is, like, a miracle. A miracle. But you're... Your ship hasn't, like, blown up. (laughs) Over the next several years, 10 astronauts would follow in Armstrong and Aldrin's footsteps. So 10 more people would go to the moon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The moon. Oh, it's such a crazy little story. It's crazy. I love it. I absolutely love it. So what came next? So we landed on the moon. And what did we do after that? There would be five more successful lunar landings and one unplanned lunar swing by Apollo 13 had to abort its lunar landing due to technical difficulties. And I have to say, don't say it. my top 10 movie list, Apollo 13 is one of them. And I've seen it way too many times. I can quote the movie. It's so good and so stressful. It is so good. But it never, It's like, so good. I just, I don't have the, I, I can't. It's like for me watching Babe. I can't do it. Oh, I'm babe. not strong enough. Oh, God. To watch either of those two films. No. When they, like, come in, in the, like, the, like, they're burning, you know, the thing is burning up in the mm-hmm. atmosphere and they're reentering Earth and, like, the kid, the boy is at military school yeah. and it's, like, really yeah. silent and nobody knows if they're gonna, yeah. the kids are crying and everybody's in the living room. I mean, it's just, like, heartbreaking and then yeah. when they crash down and that you hear that like gerbil gerbil on the radio in mission control mm-hmm. and you hear tom hanks's voice oh my god it's like it gives me chills just to think about that part of the movie <laughs> and i cry every time sure. even though i know I it i know it i, I can't sob. Yeah. i absolutely sob. i can't handle it it's I can't so handle good it. It's so good. Yeah, I I have a very difficult time watching any sort of like even now like when, like when um, uh, gosh I think I guess it was last year when the SpaceX like the first manned mm. SpaceX thing went up, we were listening to it on the on like we, I think I was driving with my parents somewhere and so we were listening to it and I just the whole time was like I can't handle this Aww. I cannot handle like the idea of something going wrong and then having to hear it. You know, or watch that it. Would be like hard. it's I'm not like I don't have I'm not set up for it. No. You know, like and I can it's barely not unheard fly. of because hello the Challenger explosion. So it's not unheard of. Oof, there, could oh you have met, I so anyways, it's I love space, but I can't spaceships are so stressful. They're stressful. They're stressful. Um the last mission to the moon was in nineteen seventy two. The last men to walk on the moon were astronauts Eugene Cernan and Harrison Schmidt from the Apollo 17 mission. They left the lunar surface on December 14, 1972. The Apollo program was a costly and labor-intensive endeavor involving an estimated 400,000 engineers, technicians, and scientists, and costing $24 billion, which is close to $100 billion in today's dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You're going 
to the moon. Yes. I love when people like to be like, this is way too expensive. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Did you want us to go on a bargain budget? That's cr- like, that's the crazy. We're going out we're of spi- spirit like, we're not- airlines. This shit. No, 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 yeah. no. You're not going to put the money into going to space. That's crazy. If you're not going to fund anything like I, I just I can't I can't imagine of all the things. Yeah. You're not going to fund the space program. But they didn't want to after they landed because it was like, well, why? We landed. Uh, we did a, we did a. The expense was justified by Kennedy's 1961 mandate to beat the Soviets to the moon. And after the feat was accomplished, ongoing missions lost their viability. People were like, we beat them. So the race is done. So why do so we have we to keep going? So we did it. So we actually don't need to keep doing And that's the downside of humanity is that they often don't appreciate, like humans, I think, have a hard time appreciating, like, what's the value? And if we won the thing, like, why should we go yeah. back? Why should we keep going? Why do I care? We're winners. Why do I care? Yeah. Though humans haven't returned to the moon since, they have continued to explore space. They even built the International Space Station, a space research station where they can conduct experiments and study space up close. Today, NASA is working on sending humans to a planet, Mars. Thanks to the Apollo 11 moon landing, NASA is hopeful about its chances. The act of putting three people on the moon and then safely bringing them back home proved that successful human exploration in space is possible. Of course it's possible. Yeah. Of course it's possible. I would say a planet's different from the moon. Mm-hmm. It has an atmosphere, probably. Yeah. I do anticipate seeing a human on Mars in our lifetime. Yeah. Agreed. Which will be crazy. Agreed. So let's talk about some upcoming potential moon landings, because there are some things in the works, which we love. So this is coming from NASA herself. NASA is getting ready to send astronauts to explore more of the moon as part of the Artemis program, and the agency has selected SpaceX to continue development of the first commercial human lander that will safely carry the next two American astronauts to the lunar surface. At least one of those astronauts will make history as the first woman on the moon. Another goal of the Artemis program includes landing the first person of color on the lunar surface. So we're like, all right, it's not 1969 anymore. Let's look at other astronauts who are (laughs) more than qualified to go to the moon. Yep. The agency's powerful space launch system rocket will launch four astronauts aboard the Orion spacecraft for their multi-day journey into lunar orbit. There, two crew members will transfer to the SpaceX human landing system for the final leg of their journey to the surface of the moon. After approximately a week exploring the surface... They will board the lander for their short trip back to orbit, where they will return to Orion and their colleagues before heading back to Earth. So this is now we're getting a little more fancy, right? Where it's like big spaceship brings everybody up. Then there will be two people who break off on their own little subspace ship, land on the moon, frolic for a week. A week. A week. One week on the moon. On the moon. That's so nuts. What do you do on the moon for a week? I, just keep walking? Just, what if you, you I mean, you could probably walk around the whole thing. Sure. The dark side of the moon. Mm-hmm. The dark side of the so moon. Crazy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
one week a lot of time a lot of time the firm fixed priced milestone based contract total award value is 2.89 billion to do this whole exploration thing which i think is kind of a bargain quite honestly (laughs) for sending somebody to the moon for a week a week two people to the moon for a week and then you got two Two people people to second orbit yeah yeah two billion sure absolutely come on Artemis 1 is an uncrewed lunar orbit and return, which is scheduled for November of 2021. Mm-hmm. Artemis 2 will be an approximate 10-day, four-person lunar flyby and is scheduled for September of 2023. And there are missions planned and proposed all the way through 2032. So we're seeing, I think, a renaissance mm-hmm. in like going to the moon again. So we had this kind of dormant, 40, 50 year period where we weren't really going to the moon anymore. We're just going to the International Space Station for research. Yeah. And now people are like, what if we kind of go back to the moon? Well, because it used to be government funded. And then government, right. the government doesn't have, they have a, a fuck ton of resources, but they don't have unlimited resources. And so when people right. are like, we can't keep paying to go to the moon when like, there's also starving children. Now, is that like a fair like assessment of the situation i don't think so but like sure i also i think it's more of like we can't we can't pay to send people to the moon yes there are starving children but in fact we actually just need to keep bulking up our defense budget um, right 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 yes and spending trillions of dollars there There. uh right so then the commercial atmosphere you know the commercial area of space exploration when that finally kicked in like they were like okay well let's do the moon let's make it commercial and then the government can like pay some portion to like hop on board and then yeah but also because nasa's like deep into like mars exploration and jupiter yeah. like they sent the thing down yeah. into jupiter they're like i mean like they're doing yeah. other shit they sent, they sent that's like horizon. way beyond like sure yeah. if like people want to go you know land on the moon and make it a joint venture and like the commercial market picks up some of it because it's cool to go land on the moon but like yeah you can take an astronaut or two up with you great Yeah, I feel like we're going to do this for a little bit and then the government's going to be like, wait a second, actually, we want to regulate the shit out of this. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like... They're they're going to get involved sooner or later. In order to land on the moon, you must be 25 years of age and have approximately... You know, it's going to be like one of those things. (laughs) Yep, yep. So that's our episode on the moon landing, you guys. Oh, my gosh, that was so much fun. I love space, love talking about space. Mm -hmm. This stuff, I mean... You guys know I don't have the mental strength to be anywhere near a spaceship, but I love this stuff. Yeah, I love yeah, it yeah. so much. Shout out to NASA. My girl. Love you. Can't wait to like tour you again. <laughs> um, would love to go to the Kennedy Center. Oh, I would love that. Because I haven't haven't been there. I've only been to the Houston location. Mm. Um and we'll do more stuff about space because I think it's so interesting. And and one day we'll do a whole episode on NASA. So that'll come at some point. Yeah. But you guys, in the meantime, we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye. Bye.